Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show, the quick-fire NBA podcast bringing you even more basketball content, but in half the time. Uh, I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and joining me this week, we have a full house again. Um, Mark and Wardy, how are you guys doing? Yeah, all good. All good. Good over here. Thank you, Mr. Sibley. Lovely to be back with you guys again uh, after a ridiculous weekend of NBA basketball uh, where we had however many games on a Sunday night that were available for European watchers, which we love. And uh, it just happened to be that the weekend that I missed the Clippers play, we had a big stat line. So, hey, positive jinx this week, positive jinx. But I'll save that for our uh, first segment of this podcast, which is for those of you that have listened the last couple of weeks, this is episode three of the Halftime Show, by the way. Time flies, guys. Six weeks of hoops and recreation but we always like to start this podcast with uh one word headlines what i'm going to do is i'm going to present mark with a series of nba headlines and mark is going to give us uh, a single word or a short phrase um just to let us know how he's feeling about it we always want to know how mark's feeling about the news that's really what we're here for um so uh mark are you ready i'm ready i've got i got i reckon i got one word for everything tonight we're gonna we're gonna try and just do one word for everything. a single word yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll fuck it up, no doubt. But <laughs> well, let's let's start with number one. Let's get number one out of the way first of all, and then we'll see what we can do for the others. Um, headline number one: Lakers are showing a positive uh, sign after a five and one run. Progress, progress. I like it. Um, number two: Robert Williams is expected to return for the Celtics by Christmas. Scary. Uh, Mavs are rumored to sign uh, previous All Star Kemba Walker. Why? Yeah, good question. I like it. Uh, number four, Nets are hoping for a TJ Warren return this Friday. Positive. Uh, trade rumours circle New York as teams inquire about Emmanuel quickly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Get lost. <laughs> And finally, we're saving the best till last. Um, Zubach becomes first uh, or the first Clippers player to record 25 points and 25 rebounds in a game. Zoo. Big Zoo. Oh, I'm a happy it's boy. It's like the Cristiano Ronaldo of the basketball world. Every, every time he scores a basket, he needs to turn around and do a Zoo. If he doesn't start having that, like every dunk, if he doesn't run to the other end of the court and just start pulling out the zoo, like he's just missing a trick. He's missing a trick. But uh, no, I'm proud of you, Mark. I'm proud of you, Mark, for the uh, the, the one word for every single headline this week. Um, with that, we'll just jump straight into our main discussion point. And um, we were having a little chat on our group chat the other day and uh, or earlier on today, in fact, actually. And Wardy brought it to our attention or my attention, at least, uh, that we are about a quarter of the way through the season. We are every team has played at least 20 games now, uh, meaning we thought it'd be a good idea to uh, have a little look at the MVP race currently. Uh, it's something that is discussed the whole way through the NBA season. And seeing as we have got our first 20 plus games out of the way, we thought we'd have a little look at uh, who are the current favourites? Who do we think is kind of, do we agree with them? Do we disagree? Are there any missing? Who have we maybe been surprised about? Just generally having a little bit of an MVP chat. So I'll start off guys by giving you the breakdown of who are the kind of top four slash five um, 
players that are kind of at the top of the MVP ladder. So I've, I've taken this from a couple of different sources because you've got kind of what is on the NBA website, but also there's kind of different odds on different betting houses and things like this. So there is kind of like a general consensus of the top five. A few of these, well, most of them probably aren't going to be a surprise for anyone. But number one, uh, Giannis. Number two, we've got Luca. Three, Tatum. Luca and Tatum are sometimes switched. Some uh, kind of, I think the NBA website has Tatum as number two. Some have Luca as number two, but either way, they're, they're kind of hovering around two and three. Um, we also have Steph Curry at four. And then for a lot of other websites, we have Embiid sitting around the five spot. I think most people probably would have, if we were to ask at the beginning of the season, who do we think are going to be the top five front runners? I think four of those five players most of us would have put in the top five race at this point. I don't know if you guys agree. Absolutely. Not not even a question. But we do have maybe some disagreements about <laughs> who the, the, maybe the, the five are exactly. <laughs> Totality on there. Yeah, so so um, for, for the listeners, there's been uh, suspense all day leading up to the recording of this podcast because we sent through the uh, top five current front runners for the MVP, and instantly Wardy threw another name in there that he is feeling very strongly about being in that top five. So, Wardy, who do you disagree with in that top five? Well, firstly, let me say I disagree with Mark. <laughs> there's nothing new there. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's has to put his his referee shirt on today, just yeah. ahead of this, so it doesn't get too testy. But um, yeah, I mean, Embiid's it, fine. I think you've got to throw Jokic in there. Yeah, I think he's um, he's a victim of his team coming back together, and actually his team doing well. He's not got to literally do everything again. But when you look at his stats, he's not far off what he's done. You know, in these two MVP years, I don't think he's he's going to be in it to win I think but you've got to throw him in there you've got to mention him because he's you know he's literally plodding along and still putting up these awesome numbers um, and his team is better you know they're two, number two in the west um, you know that, that that goes a long way I think you sort of ruined your own argument there Bo Wardy like he is plodding along um, the, the team's definitely better uh, and they're getting contributions from a lot more players they're fucking boring this year. I don't know if anyone's watched them, but they're, they're, they're not very exciting to watch. Um, but he's plodded along. He's down five points a game on last season, but which is a hell of a lot from, you know, 27.1 points per game to 22.4. That puts you in a kind of RJ Barrett category, you know, which isn't exactly MVP numbers at points per game. He's also down four rebounds a game. Well, that's a hell of a lot of rebounds. Uh, that down from yeah yeah fourteen to to nine, so his turnovers down a little bit, which is you know which is positive. And again, that's probably a result of the, the team playing better and other people taking more responsibility um, of the ball. His assists have gone up, so again, you know his, his assist to, to turnover ratio is is much higher than it was last year. But I feel like he is plodding along, and he'll probably make more of a late season surge, but he's not in the conversation with those other guys, let's be honest. He's he's not anywhere near the levels of Luca, Giannis, even Jason Tatum at the moment. Uh, for me, you can call it five. I wouldn't put Jokic in there with the five, but we really know it's a two horse race. You got you guys agree with that? It depends which two horses you've got. Oh, that's a good oh, shout. Come on, it's it's Giannis and Luca. There's don't don't fuck around. 
no. Have you, have you seen the Mavericks? They, they could possibly not even finish 500 this year. They're nine, nine and ten at the moment, and that was all done at the start of the season when Luca was doing everything. You know, I think everything is going to come down in terms of numbers for him. You know, who is it? Uh, Kemba Walker. He's not. It's not going to help make that any better. Absolutely you know, not going to help. I can't understand that signing. They've they've already got um, uh, Fabio Campazzo, and they're not playing him. Yeah. What, what What do they think Kemba Walker's going to do? Just someone else who is a tiny guard who can't defend. Uh, and likes to shoot a lot. I, I don't get that, but I think they will get better as a team. And let's be honest, he's the reason why they were playing well. Um, and his stats are ridiculous. I think a lot of people are obviously very, very hard on Tatum at the minute. And I think that's probably what you're referring to, Wardy. Like, if you really mm. think about the, the team success of the Celtics and the Bucks versus the Mavs. Like right now, the Bucks are doing exactly what we kind of expect the Bucks to do, whilst Giannis is playing uh, is is averaging just over thirty points a game, eleven rebounds, and five assists. And but then again, if you compare that to Tatum, he's just over thirty points a game, just under eight rebounds, and just under uh, five assists. So both of them similar esque stat. Obviously, Giannis is always going to have more rebounds than than Tatum, but they're playing at a similar kind of level. And I think a lot of people, because Giannis is this kind of face of the league at the minute, you, you kind of see Giannis and Luca as the new faces of the league or the next face of the league. Um, I think a lot of people are almost automatically giving it to Luca and Giannis because of their star power at the minute. And the fact that we've had the questions over the last couple of years, haven't we, about Tatum is the fact that he's been fantastic during the regular season and maybe not so much in the postseason and things like this. Whereas we've seen Giannis and Luca. I know obviously this is a regular season MVP race, but part of that has to kind of trickle into your thought process as to whether or not these players deserve these awards. Like that, that's exactly it. Although it's judged on regular season, we know from experience that the MVP award isn't given until you know after the first few weeks of the playoffs and we know that people judge it on what people's performance is like in the playoffs and Jason Tatum's never done that and Luca and Yanis always perform in the playoffs that's why they'd be my two horses you know if, if I had to pick two now going forward not saying that Tatum isn't having an unbelievable year because he is but I do always feel like maybe I'm just waiting for him to shrivel a little bit yeah but I do think I wonder. I wonder how the perception will change if, let's say, for example, the Celtics go on another late tear. Like at the minute, if we look at the current season, they're they're currently the, they're on an early tear. Yeah, they're on an early tear. But let's say, for example, that tear never slows down. Like let's say, for example, they are consistently right at the top of the league. Do we all of a sudden then kind of have to ignore, or do we have to kind of think actually? Let's say what you've mentioned there, Wardy. If the Mavs finish in eighth in the West, but Luca's averaged 30 points a game the whole season, whilst maybe, let's say, Tatum drops down to 28 points, 27 points a game, but ends up with the best record in basketball. Like, mm. uh, It'd be interesting there how that conversation changes. And then you've got Steph to bring into it as well, who's averaging better numbers than the year when he won unanimous MVP. Like He's he's averaging better numbers in every category. He's... he's um, I think his real shooting percentage is something like 80% at the moment. Jesus Christ. It, it's absolutely ridiculous um, shooting at such a high clip. But, you know, those guys aren't 
playing very well. They're great at home, but they're terrible away. They're getting better away, but their record isn't fantastic at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think the one that we I, I totally agree. I think Steph at the minute, and we've said this on previous episodes, haven't we, about how at the minute Steph is having to play like he's never played before this late in his career just to kind of keep his team afloat a little bit. And um, I don't know if you, if either of you listened to the interview he had with JJ Reddick on the Old Man and the Three. Um, there was a brief bit at the beginning where they were talking about um, like the Warriors' performance and, and what they need to do. And he was talking about how in the last couple of games um, he's actively been trying to find Clay and some of the others to kind of get them in a little bit of a, a groove early on. Because I think that's the, the thing that is holding the Warriors back at the minute, isn't it? Again, we've said this on previous episodes. If they can just get that kind of second unit, or not even the second unit, any combination of players other than their starting five, just to produce a little bit better, then they potentially could be back to the Warriors of the last couple of years, or the last few years at least. But and They did uh, get a better production against the, the Timberwolves on Sunday night, but... You know, does it really count when you're playing against a team like that? You know, which is the strangest <laughs> bunch of bunch of human beings, isn't it? <laughs> you know, uh, Edwards evidently hates playing in that team and decides when he wants to play. Cat, that is fucking terrible. Uh, and in fact, the game before the game on Friday, I think he shot one of eleven from three. Like, just stop wow. shooting, please, bro. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that that experiment there isn't working, so I don't know how much we can we can judge. But the bench had good production um, in that particular game. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors kind of progress over the course of, of, of the year. Um, the number five in this list that we had there, um, Joel Embiid. My prediction at the beginning of the year for MVP, um, I said that he was going to go on an absolute tear this year uh, after the Jokic and Bede kind of showdown that we had last season. Um, Looking at the numbers of all of the players we have in this kind of top five race, he has the second best stats. I mean, Luca's almost an anomaly here where he's at the minute averaging 33, nearly nine rebounds and nearly eight and a half assists a game, which is absolutely stupid. Um, But Embiid currently just over 32 points a game, 10 rebounds, just shy of five assists a game. Um, But I think at the minute, because of his time off, I think it's hurt him a little bit. And again, it kind of goes back to that team performance where the Sixers are kind of not where we expected. I think it's kind of hurting him a bit. I don't know whether you guys think if the... What do we think about kind of Embiid within this race? Oh, I, I agree I agree with you. I think um, his team is, is really holding him back. You know, like you say, the numbers are phenomenal. Uh, whatever that word is. Someone say it for me. Phenomenal. Phenom, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, <laughs> phenomenal. Um, yeah, his numbers are great. Really good. <laughs> um, but just like me and my speech derailing me, I think his team uh, are not doing any, any favours. Um, yeah, you know, it's... Well, interestingly, they are playing all right without any stars <laughs> at the moment. And Tobias Harris has finally realised that he can play basketball uh, a little bit, you know, which was the first time we've seen that for a while. So it's been strange to see the Sixers doing well. Obviously, they got the result against the Nets the other day, um, which uh, was massive for them. 
Um, another interesting stat, PJ Tucker's over 25 games now with zero points in 30 minutes. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why was it's that not in the one word headlines? <laughs> oh, you slipped I've, up there, bro. I've slipped up there. Damn it. Yeah, he just has a goose egg every week. Um, and nobody's talking about it because they're they're still winning games. Uh, you know, even with the, the lineup that they've got, our mate Trez is back in the starting lineup playing, you know, 18 minutes a game rather than eight now. Paul Reed's coming off the bench. He had 19 and 10, I think, against the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you got Shake Milton kind of doing the business to people and George Niang giving Durant some uh, some trash talk. So that they are still doing it, even without Embiid. It seems to be the consistency is the issue for them. They'll go on a good run, then they'll someone will get injured, someone will come back in the team, they'll go on a run, then someone will get injured, or they, they just they are lacking consistency within the, with their stars. Yeah, uh, and that that could be what derails uh, Embiid's MVP. I don't think again he's in that that same conversation as the two or three. <laughs> As I, as, I, as I can let you have, Matt, the two or three. But Jokic isn't in those conversations at all. Uh, he, he's, he's not going to be there. You, there's no way that you can win MVP by dropping five points per game. It's just not going to happen, Like whether he's made the team better or not. I don't care if they win the title this year. Maybe he'll win finals MVP if they do. But you're not ever going to drop five points per game and, and four rebounds per game and win MVP. It, it just won't happen. People won't vote for it. Yeah, wow. I think you know, yeah, it's kind of stumped us both. That's that's, that's a good <laughs> argument. Is this, is it? But, <laughs> but I think ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I think he's still that got you know he's still got the winner. Oh, oh, should yes. we just make it a top Fucking six and keep everybody happy? <laughs> yeah, we can make it a top six if you want. Oh dear, you can beat me next week instead. Well. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. And um, I know you've just said there, Wardy, can we make it a top six and make everyone happy? Um, if we were to make this a top six, there is another name that we're currently missing out. I think and I know where is, you might be going. That is Jar Morant. Okay, currently, uh, 28 points, six rebounds, just shy of eight assists a game. Um, I don't think he's dropped five points in the last uh, season, Wardy. <laughs> just going to throw that name out there as well. <laughs> and their third doing very well doing very very well he's jar is just silly like i every single game there is some sort of highlight there's a crazy dunk there's some stupid like reverse acrobatic layup there is just he's just a, a human highlight reel and it's just absolutely crazy um and again same kind of some same kind of question. If I can get my, my words are clearly fucking me up here, Wardy, like you. I don't know what's happened today. Um, when a player is is as exciting as Jar, do we think that has an impact on the MVP? Absolutely, because people watch basketball to be entertained. So one hundred percent. And and Jar is like Alan Iverson, late nineties, early two thousands, but five inches taller. He makes the team exciting. He completely carries the team. He is uh, that that kind of height that you make it makes you think, oh, I could, you know, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> not like you know, not like Embiid, but you're like, fuck, he's a giant. Yeah, you think, <laughs> oh god, you know, if if, if I was <laughs> really really white and unathletic, that that can be me doing that. Um, and he, and he's carrying the team, and it, again, it was like 
he's like watching the Sixers, um, you, you know, in that era where Iverson was there, where you know that the other guys are okay on the team, but but he's the one leading it. He's the one who, who's spurring them on. Um, and the fact that they're third is, is awesome. And in fact, they've just they've got the same amount of wins as Denver, just one loss more because they've played one more game. So, you know, could potentially have the same record. Um, they'd squeezed out a win against the Knicks on Sunday night. Um, but <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good game, actually. <laughs> um, and I guess, uh, you know, that's just me bringing the conversation around to the Emmanuel quickly uh thing that we mentioned um at the beginning of the podcast he's not in the mvp conversation this year <laughs> <laughs> he is playing I really well. <laughs> he is playing well and for the rumors to be that, that there would be a first round pick in exchange for him i think would be a really nicks thing to do to let him go for a first round pick because and i think we're past that now i think with with, with, with worldwide ways we're past the uh, the giving players away but I think he's worth may, way more than a first-round pick, and I'd much rather see us keep him and have him as that sixth man. I think he's got that that kind of, um, you know, maybe not as good as Jamal Crawford, but he's got that kind of excited, uh, that kind of exciting play about him. He brings a spark when he comes on. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to lead that second unit, and you don't find that with every single sixth man, especially for someone who was a really late pick in the draft. I think you guys have done well over the last couple of years with the draft. And I think that getting rid of someone that you know now um, is playing well and is working well with the team for a potential first rounder that could end up being a bust anyways or, or not a great pick. I just don't think it's it's, it's worth it. Um, I was listening earlier on to the Ringer NBA draft show, which is a new podcast they've got this year for basically just discussing upcoming prospects every single week. And um, they were talking about how every single year there seems to be that diamond amongst the rough almost that one player that you see in three or four years time and you think how on earth were they the 40th pick of the draft or something like that and I feel as if quickly is is sitting around that um, group of players that as he matures I know we would I know this was supposed to be a conversation about MVP but as he matures I think he's going to be known as one of those players that as he's doing like I said if he does end up becoming a, a top quality sixth man for the Knicks and winning awards and things like this um, having that recognition across the league again it's going to I don't know when I don't know when he was picked to be perfectly honest I know you said he was kind of late in the draft but yeah, uh, he was uh, 27th or 28th um, again so I, yeah, I, 20, I, 25th 25th oh yeah and I, I think we picked Obi that year at eight, yep. um who is a great player as well you know and obviously was a fantastic college player but quick is you know a steal in comparison to, yeah. to that yeah but um you, you've done all right there you've done all right just stop stealing yeah, yeah, Clippers yeah. players and, and we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> not just stealing Clippers players but also stealing the conversation <laughs> Away from MVP, it's just <laughs> about the fucking Knicks this I was uh, going to say, I feel like I had a reputation a couple of podcasts <laughs> in a row of being the idiot that talks too much about the Clippers, and now I feel as if it's, it's somehow flipped on its head, and you're you're becoming that guy for the Knicks. Well, we can talk about the Clippers today because the big zoo Sunday night, what an unbelievable performance! Like MVP what anyone? a beast. <laughs> <laughs> He could be most improved player if he could keep those stats. Uh, mm. you, you know, even if he could keep up to to 20, 20 and fifteen, he could be most, most improved player. Hey, 
I'll take it. I'll take it. I, th- I think that yeah. there's but there's a couple of potential um, award winners at the Clippers, and I know again we're steering this way away from the MVP uh, talk again. But um, at the our very first kind of episode, our predictions episode, I said that either Reggie Jackson or John Wall were going to be sixth man of the year. You could have about four sixth man of the years for the Clippers right now. If Norman Powell keeps knocking down 20 or 30 points a game off the bench, he's sixth man of the year. John Wall keeps doing what he's doing. I think he at one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago was something like 15 assists, which is one of the most, I think again, it, he, he had some sort of record for the Clippers in assists in a game. And again, it just seems like there's constantly these bench players that are, pulling through um, and I think we're going to need that at the minute with the news of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George uh, out for a little bit we're going to need the likes of uh, our, our new big two Kawhi and PG you can move over we've got Big Zoo and Pal. I said it a couple of I said it on the last episodes I've made a positive jinx and now I've mentioned it again they're both going to fuck up aren't they I feel like there's a chant coming somewhere like we don't need a big two we've got a big zoo Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Fuck your big two. We've got big zoo. Oh. There, we go. there we go. For a clipper nation, sign me up. All right. <laughs> I feel as if like, I don't know why you're still sat here. To be honest, Mark, I don't know why you haven't thrown your mic on the floor and walked out. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> yeah, after that, that I've definitely peed there. I'm like, <laughs> it, while we're talking about six men, as it, I, I, sorry, just quickly on big zoo. I, Wish I had one more rebound last night, so it'd have been a 30 30 game, but fucking come on, man. Um, but anyway, um, who, who do you guys feel is the sixth man of the year at the moment? Like, genuinely across the league, uh, you mentioned a load of shit clippers there, and they're probably not, <laughs> none of them are going to be <laughs> sixth man of the year because they're, 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 they're too inconsistent, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but who, who do you guys feel is the sixth man of the year at the moment? Because we, we, we talked about like people like Jordan Poole at the start of the year, he hasn't really. You know, done it in the same way we thought he was going to. I talked about the the guys from Miami, and they haven't played. Oladipo no. hasn't played at all yet. Um, so there, there's some inconsistencies. But yeah, who have you guys got down as your six men at the moment? I think I think this has been a really weird year for like six man of the year talk. To be perfectly honest, because I think a lot of teams have had inconsistent benches. Unless there's just someone that I'm completely oblivious about, there's no one that's immediately jumping out to me as, yep, they are the odds on favourite. It's not like the last couple of years where Tyler Hero's coming off the bench and killing it, where Jordan Clarkson is every single week consistently killing it. The, The couple of years where you had Lou Will and Trez basically being the sparks off the bench of the Clippers. If you think about the last five sixth man of the year like it's so it's so obvious that they are the winners but there's no one off the top of my head that I'm like yep that person is definitely sixth man the one that I come back to and it probably helps that they're still kind of semi doing okay is is Benedict Matherin um mm-hmm. the, the the rookie from the Pacers still averaging just under 19 points a game just under four rebounds and just under two assists and that's actually the highest points per game out of anybody who's coming off the bench at the moment so yeah he probably got, has got a good case. Like you say, the team's doing well and he's definitely contributing. But the thing I said, kind of when we mentioned this previously, um, when I think it was our first halftime show actually, is actually how long does it take for him to be performing this way before they go, 
we should probably start you now. And even then, he's averaging quite a lot, but there is a slight amount of inconsistency in the points that he's scoring. So if we look at kind of his last however many games, you can see that um, right at the beginning of the month, 23 points against Miami, followed by eight points against New Orleans. Then it was 30 points against Denver, 15 against Toronto. Again, 20 points against um, the Hornets. And then a couple of games later, you've got 12 against Orlando. Um, even if you look at the last two games, 20 against Brooklyn, nine against the Clippers. So there is that kills it for a game. And that's what that's what's going to keep the average up is if he scores 30 points every other game and then has a couple of tens, then it's still going to average around 20 points. So but for a guy coming off the bench and for a rookie, you don't yeah. mind that. It's, you know, especially when your team's winning, you don't mind them, you know, having nine point games. That's kind of what you expect them to be yeah. having. And then when they're having the 20 or 30 pounds, yeah, point breakouts, you know, that's a massive bonus, isn't it? So if he carries on, you know, doing a, a 21 game and a nine point the, the next, then he's definitely going to be in the running. Yeah, he'll be sixth man and until the trade deadline, if they can ship um, Turner and Buddy off. Um, it, that's, that's good because they're overperforming, aren't they? Do they want to be fourth? <laughs> do they really want to be fourth when they're t- talking about stripping it down, getting rid of, you know, two of their biggest players? But then you, you say that Turner's not old. Like Turner kind of fits the timeline of the rest of their team. Like he's a little bit older, but isn't he like 25, 26, something like that? Like he's mm-hmm. not old. You could just keep him as your starting centre and he doesn't, build he doesn't the want rest to be there him. though. Yeah, he he wants out, like he doesn't he? want to be there. Yeah. He wants to be on the Lakers. He made that very clear. I mean, I don't know if you can get get fined for tempering when you're tempering yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He did. He did an interview, didn't he? Where he said, he said they need to do, they need to move heaven and earth. They need to move heaven and earth to get me over there, basically. And then it went quiet. Then there was no, no more trade talk with him in and the Lakers. Like, right, you need to shut that down. And uh, yeah, just just play it calm. I think it's because the Lakers started winning games. The Lakers started winning games and everyone started liking Russell Westbrook again. And uh, the Pacers went on a little bit of a tear. So it kind of makes sense that the trade conversation went because the guy you were actually going to trade him for in the Lakers, everyone started loving. And the Pacers were doing all right. I mean, the Pacers, they're, they, they're, they're kind of big win streak or six or five games that they were winning has obviously been broken um i suppose how their next x amount of games go you might end up seeing those trade talks come up again and likewise if all of a sudden uh the lakers fall back into their slump then i'm sure those trade talks will come up again but i suppose you don't know people can uh people can change their minds your uh your guy uh deandre ayton uh decided to take over didn't he when the other day and uh, he was he was ready to go at one point. Yeah, it just he needs to do it more than once in twenty games. <laughs> but it's so frustrating because he is he he you could, he could do that or you know near that level most nights you think because you know they're they're not a huge team in terms of their front court. He's got loads of space. They look for him. He, he's just not aggressive, and it's yeah such a shame because. You know, could he be a little bit like? I know Mark's going to laugh at me and shut me down, but could they be like a light version of uh, Nash and Studemar if he just really, really tried hard? I'm not having <laughs> fucking what, Chris Paul and John Jay and his Nash and Studemar. <laughs> nah, Study was an absolute monster when he was in Phoenix. <laughs> um, and also ironic that we're talking about Aiden because he was supposed to be at the Pacers, and if he yeah. would have. 
if that offer sheet would have gone through, then Miles Turner definitely would have moved, wouldn't he? There's no way that he would have played back up to DeAndre yeah. eight, and that's that's almost embarrassing. Uh, and also, uh, when you just said tampering, tampering with yourself, uh, as well, <laughs> can you get fined for tampering with yourself? Depends where you do it, I think. Um, <laughs> I loved watching uh, Pat Bev push over uh, Aiton oh, God. last week. Because, I bet you did. Yeah, because fuck him. <laughs> like, it, 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 um, Reeves had just got, uh, sorry, Book had just fouled Reeves. Book is a pussy. He started talking and then moved away. And then Aiton stands over Reeves. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're, you're nobody. You're picking on Reeves because he's because he's small. But you're a pussy, really. So, yeah, I love that from Pat Bev. Go over and, and shove him over. You're an angry man who likes <laughs> angry men. <laughs> Maybe that's why. He's an angry man who likes angry men. Um, I was watching that video back, and all I thought about is, I don't know if you guys had this at school, where people would, like, doorstop each other, where someone, like, goes behind their legs and someone pushes oh, yeah, them, yeah. and they yeah. fall over. Like, that's all <laughs> that's I was thinking. Was like. is that, yeah, Reeves and Pat Bev just basically doorstopped Aiton, and that was it. He was just straight over. <laughs> all I saw every replay. Yeah, it was great. I'm surprised Aiton's not out for a, a month or two after that, because he's made a balsa wood. Yeah, he's, he's not tough, is he? I mean, you could no, say the not. same about Pat Biff picking on Aiden. It's not really a challenge. I know he's shorter, but he's he's not a fighter. Pat Biff will fight oh, you anyone. don't think Pat Biff should be picking on Aiden because he... <laughs> yeah, he's, he picks on everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Fuck off. If you're if you're fucking seven foot and <laughs> and you uh, go and stand over uh, Austin Reeves, you know, as a second year, the nicest guy that, that that anyone's ever seen in the league, basically, then then you deserve to be pushed over. Yeah, I would. I would have minded seeing a. They, they could have gone full seventies uh, NBA, couldn't they? And uh, and got the gloves on, danced around the danced around the court. Pat Bev and uh, DeAndre, and that would have been something to watch. Yeah, but he's just not got it in him. You don't see that. There's nah. not many. The, uh, you know, the uh, there's there's no more Charles Oakley's and <laughs> yeah, Charles Barkley's. Yeah, or Charles Barkley's. <laughs> he was a terrible yeah. fighter, though. He, he gave he it was. the big and he, he, he tried to beat up. Yeah, he, he could. You know. He wasn't afraid of anyone. He just couldn't back it up at all. Yeah, yeah. But Shaq was the same, wasn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> ter- terrible, like, huge guy. Didn't back down from anybody. But again, terrible fighter. I mean, we're over here talking like we're Ali and Tyson. But, <laughs> you know, these guys, <laughs> you, you do expect Charles and uh, and Shaq to, to probably be quite hard. Uh, in fact, I remember on uh, on, on NBA uh, with, with Shaq and Charles, and Charles said, <laughs> saying to him, First of all, you're not a good fire. <laughs> <laughs> you can't walk. You can't move. Um, just uh, looking at the at the the league table um, at the moment, we, the Spurs got off to a really good start, and we were saying, "Oh, you know, Pop's probably giving them a, a grilling every time they go out." Um, they've lost eight in a row. But yeah, they um, listen to the grilling. They listen to the grilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop definitely got the message across in the end. So, um, they, uh, although uh, I've been seeing every single week, I don't know if it's a little echo chamber that I live in on Instagram, where I'm obviously surrounded by NBA fans from the UK. But uh, old, uh, I, I don't I have no idea what his name is. But who's the guy? Jeremy with Sohan. The, yeah, yeah, the guy with the pink hair that everyone's yeah. like, Dennis Rodman 2.0. Um, but he is just a highlight reel. Like, every single Absolutely. game, there is some stupid dunk that he's throwing down. Like, he's very exciting to, to watch. Yeah, um, he's a man. He's uh, he's Polish um, by heritage. He, he played in the US, but he, he grew up over here. And I think he was over here a lot during COVID because 
a lot of people that I know, you know, within the, the community in the UK know him and uh, everybody's pleased to see him doing well. And he's fun, like you say. Mm. He, he looked with the number 10 and the hair and the tattoos. It, if you if you squint a little bit, if you do that Spider-Man meme, <laughs> you, know, you, you might think he's uh, he's Dennis Rodman at times. I also saw um, Puerto do a huge dunk. I don't know if you guys saw that against the Lakers. A huge dunk and immediately pulled his hammy. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> like he came through. He had no right to do this dunk. No dribble, caught the ball, huge dunk, and then yeah, immediately pulled his hammy. And I think that you know that was the that was pop actually. You know, just sending a mental message. He was sat there on the sideline with the voodoo doll, just putting a pin Literally, in his leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have no more of that. All right, we'll try. And yeah. Leave. We are tanking here. You can calm get down. Get back in your box. No more big dunks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the the Spurs are still being propped up by the Rockets, who had one of my favourite wins of last week against the the Hawks after oh, Murray and, like yeah. and Trey Young. Oh, I mean, come on! <laughs> How did you two feel about what they were doing out there? All the antics, the tapping, Murray tapping the lad on the head after he'd made a three, and then the you know kind of sticking his arms out while while Trey Young shot another three, and then you go and lose to the worst team in the league. That. W- <sighs> But they were ahead, weren't they, for a good portion of that game? And I think they just kind of uh, got a little bit too complacent in, in that game. Um, Such a shame. Well, you say that. <laughs> I I love Trey Young. And I know that you absolutely hate him. And that makes it even better when he does well. Because I absolutely genuinely love it. And then I also I'm get out. to love it for a second time because it annoys you. <laughs> but uh, I like the idea that the Atlanta Hawks are turning into just like the uh, the the heels of the East. Like, unless you're a Hawks fan, you're going to hate the Hawks. And I kind of like that. But, um, yeah, that was... There's um, a fine line between confidence and cockiness, right? And, yeah, when you're tapping people on the head after threes to then lose to the worst team in the NBA, that's when you've got to kind of reassess and think, maybe we should keep the celebrations till after the the final buzzer. Because karma is a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> that was you with your voodoo doll wishing hate on Trey Young. <laughs> I wish my Trey Young voodoo doll worked as well as I'd like it to. <laughs> uh, and you know we've spoken about him now, so they're going to go on a massive tear. So the fact that you're willing to, you're wishing <laughs> this hate on Trey Young, yeah. guarantee, watch it. Next halftime show, the headline is going to be Trey Young scores 70 points. You just watch it. This is the ghost of Bill Russell. <laughs> Trey Young. <laughs> You will miss the rest of the season through a mystery illness. Who? What did? Did you hear that? I think there was a little bit of there was a little bit of interruption with the the podcast there. Like I was back in nineteen ninety two, hallucinating <laughs> from some sunstroke. <laughs> oh God! Honestly, we had so many. Thank you to everybody who messaged in after to listening to to last week's episode um, and gave your your commentary on how you felt about. Matt's fever dream that ended up with him becoming a Charles Barkley fan <laughs> because those messages made my day. And a lot of people related to it, Matt, bizarrely. They also had strange experiences or random goings random goings on, which led to them liking players as well. Not alone. There's, there's people here for you out there. <laughs> so I thought I was unique. I thought I was like the only one. All I'm hearing from that is there's too many people watching the NBA whilst like high on mushrooms or something like that and somehow falling in love with players. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the the story that you were told in your DMs, Mark, but when I hear people hallucinating and falling in love with players, I just imagine someone picking the wrong snack 
uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> watching an afternoon game. Well, if you you know if you want to watch an NBA game like before streaming, when you have to stay up late, catch it live, and you know perhaps yeah two AM. Uh, I imagine that's perfect time to have a have a mushroom or light a joint or something. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I imagine so. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that people were falling in love with NBA yeah, at two o'clock in the so, morning uh, on like a Saturday night. <laughs> I like how you're like fully fully not com- committing that you'd ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I work in education and I'd hate to let anybody know that I may have partaken in narcotics in my youth. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I feel as if we've gone completely off track um, yeah, totally, yeah. From, from our NBA chat. But what I will say is, seeing as there was a slight disagreement on who needs to be that number seven on our list of MVPs because I mean we, we can't put Jokic in number five it is just going to have to be that he's number seven Wardy I'm really sorry um, we'll we'll <laughs> consolidate you by saying that uh, you are the MVP of the Hoops and Recreation podcast after every other week on this podcast so I feel like you need to be upgraded from sixth man of the year to MVP but we appreciate you a lot oh I could do both can I I mean is that has that ever been done has that ever been done I don't know if that's physically we've, we've possible, never had a, Yeah, we've never had a podcast before, so... Yeah, first ooh. time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. I mean, records yeah. are there to be broken, so we could have a six-man uh, MVP one. Yeah, it could absolutely have. Maybe it'll be Russell Westbrook next season if he continues to, to come off the bench on his the Russell Westbrook comeback tour. Oh, <laughs> bloody eyes and all, or whatever happened to him. I just saw the the, the videos of uh, LeBron nasty. James like slapping him in the face with a towel to try and stop him from bleeding. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we shall see. Watch this space. Watch this space. Um, seeing as we've gone on a complete tangent, I think that's probably a good opportunity for us to uh, say thank you for, uh, I'm going to say, putting up with this episode of the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank you for listening to another episode of the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Cannot stress it enough every single week. It goes a long way. So please, 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 if you haven't already, uh, let us know that you love Wardy. Uh, make sure you follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoop and Recreation. But uh, I'll catch you next time, guys. Goodbye.